Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all the film. <laughs> it's so bad. I don't know about quantity, but we've got quality That's this right. week. This is a good, solid week and one that we have been looking forward to for a while, not just us. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Not just <laughs> us. I know a lot of people have. Uh, welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com, so you know where we are starting. A family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begins to terrorize them. Jordan peels us. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. What is it about doppelgangers in horror movies? I don't know. And what is it just about the word doppelganger? That's a weird... <laughs> it's a weird it's word. It's a weird... Yeah, you know, but, but if you right. watch like a comedy, people are, I'm going to clone myself so I can get more work done. And then it's all hilarity and Zeus. But in, in, in a horror movie, you know right away it's a horror movie because the first first second where you see a doppelganger is like, must kill them. Well, I you, must kill myself. You know what my frame of reference is going to be. There's a great Flintstone episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're right. It's a... It's creepy. It can be used for comedy, but yeah, it's creepy because you think of looking at another one of you. So, so here's right what's away, funny, right? Is that we're not identical, but I am a twin. And I've always felt like twins are sort of immune to this doppelganger thing because we're sort of used to the idea. And one of the things that I love about us, they have creepy twins and doppelgangers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, huh? see, he's coming for you. That's right. No he matter is. what. So uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele following up Get Out. And somebody asked me earlier... If you have to see Get Out for this movie, no, not at all. Oh, not at all. This no, has no, nothing, not, no. nothing to it's do. It's not in the Get Out universe with Get Out. But no. I, I think it's funny. Um, a couple of days ago, at least I saw it. Might have been last week. Jordan Peele just tweeted, "Us is a horror yes. movie." <laughs> because if you remember, there was so much hand wringing uh, that was it a, was Get Out a horror movie, which I still can't believe. Yes, 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 it was. But people were calling it a thriller, and somehow for what the Golden Globes, it got in musical comedy. Which is insane. It's insane. And that's when he said it was a documentary, which is funny. But anyway, <laughs> let there be no debate. No. This is definitely a horror movie. Not connected to Get Out in any way. It's bloodier than Get Out. Oh, it's just, it's, it's entirely different in every way. And one yeah. of the things that I love about it, the film, is that from the opening shot, he's declaring his own personal nerdery yes. for horror films. So if Man. you are a fan, uh, you know, a nerdy fan, you know, at the very opening uh, is a little girl watching TV. What amounts certainly is MTV. She's watching. It's a Hands Across America ad. But, the, you know, there are VHS types, tapes on either side of the TV, and one of them is... Chud, Chud, which yeah. is so great, and is also a callback that makes some sense later in the film. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, this movie is lousy with references. Oh, yeah. As uh, you said, some... the little boy's name is Jason, and he always wears a mask. And later, when they're at the beach, he's wearing a Jaws t-shirt. Yeah. You know, some, there's so many. Some are very clear like right. that. Some are a little more subtle, right. and I'm sure that we miss some. Oh, sure. Because this is a movie that really invites repeated viewings for a lot of reasons. But, like you said, it starts out with a little girl in 1986, and... She has a terrifying experience at a local carnival, local funhouse kind of a thing. 
And then it shoots ahead mm-hmm. uh, 30 years later, and that little girl is now grown up, played by Lupita Nyong'o, and she's she's amazing. Well, she, she's you know, She always is, she always right? Is. She always is. But it's funny. I remember the first time I saw the trailer for this movie, I didn't realize it was her. Because one of the things about her, she's almost supernaturally attractive mm-hmm. and they may she looks so not mm-hmm. in this movie and but yeah she and she plays two characters obviously sure. because of yeah. the doppelganger family and she's remarkable in both yeah so as a grown-up then she has her own family and they she doesn't want to go back to that same amusement park but no. she's kind of dragged back yeah. by her husband plays by winston duke who i love in this movie because he's just a dork yeah he just uh, which plays is, a big old dork which is hilarious but <laughs> so they go to their summer house and they go to this Carnival, and then they're followed home by a family of doppelgangers, mm-hmm. and that's when her protective instincts kick in, and she's going to need them because things get bad. Yeah, it's paced so well, it it's is. tense, it's it bloody, is. it's scary, and it's it's based on it's loosely inspired by. Let's put it this way. Uh, inspired by an old episode of the Twilight Zone TV series, which kind of makes sense because if you haven't heard, Jordan Peele is producing a reboot right. of Twilight Zone. And so it's inspired by an old episode there called Mirror Image. But uh, And it includes a twist that we're certainly not going to spoil in any way. And it's one of those, first of all, I think Rod Serling would love it, Yeah, uh, the twist. And it's one of those that you see and you think, should I have seen this coming? Right. And you kind of should have. Right. There are some clues. You probably won't see them. You probably won't get it. Um, you picked up on the second one mm-hmm. uh, quicker than I did, but it's it's certainly one that's another reason why the movie invites repeated viewings. And also, I think it's a movie compared with Get Out that is not... Get Out had such a clear, distinct, sharp, moral message, yes. you know. Uh, he was commenting on po- the quote-unquote <clears throat> post-racial America, and he did it brilliantly. Yeah, he did. This one is a little more uh, ambiguous, and I think on purpose. And in a good way, because yeah. as you said, you know, you can, you can sort of uh, basically, w- what do the doppelgangers stand for? Is it sort of, you know, our, our, our darker, uglier side that we don't want to see? Is it sort of, you know, we peaked at 14 and this is where we are now and this <laughs> is the, the other version of us who's pissed off that we never did more? Is it the divided America? I mean, and, you know, Just... he gives you opportunities to sort of swim through all of oh, those yeah. as real, you know, likely candidates. And, and I do, I think... There's so many things about this movie that that really, and plus it's fun. So it is fun. Y- you'll want to watch it more than once. Exactly, and I th- think we talked a little bit. We had a, a slight difference of opinion about the ending because I think for you, in your perfect world, you might have had an ending that might have s- maybe spelled out a little less. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I I thought where I could see your your reasoning there. I kind of thought once it did spell out things at the end about just what was going on with these doppelgangers, I thought that was perfectly in tune with the kind of horror movies he was remembering. Sure. Um, so it fit the vibe. Um, but you're right, I think it's a it's a movie that is uh, purposely less clear yeah. than Get Out uh, to, to just invite that. Yeah. Watch it again. Talk about it. And what you know, do you think? You know, it's funny. Uh, given all of the odes, uh, nods to other horror films. There are a lot of horror filmmakers who do that. Rob Zombie, for example. But a lot of times, they feel like nothing more than sort of a, you know, a, 
a, a pastiche of, you know, these are my favorite gimmicks. Right. And and they don't really serve a purpose except to go like, I'm in on the joke. We're all big horror fans. But his, uh, you know, again, he's just a masterful storyteller. Yeah. His really work, and it's funny because it's not, it didn't feel to me like his movie is echoing these other movies as much as it felt like they were more of an echo of his. Like his told a truer tale and theirs were spun off, which of course is not the case. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's so dense and well-imagined and uh, incredibly well put together. It really is. It's paced well. It has moments of, good moments of tension, then outright scares. I love that. I love the uh, soundtrack, the score. Yeah. It's just so creepy. Although I will say someone, I haven't seen it, somebody tipped us off that if you look don't don't, don't look at the track listing on the soundtrack before you see the movie. Apparently, some of the track listings give away some things. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen it, but yep. I'm going to take that uh, take that at at uh, their word because you don't want anything spoiled at all, no. especially for the, for the twist that uh, you probably won't see coming. But yeah, and it's definitely as we mentioned earlier, bloody. Yeah, there's some there's some blood spill yeah. here uh, when <laughs> things get uh, things get crazy. And it also involves they've kind of got some neighbors. There's yeah. summer house down mm-hmm. the road. They've got some neighbors. Elizabeth Moss yep. is the mom, and she's kind of funny. She's uh, always good. She she's good. just always good. But I mean, there is some humor here too. There is the not con- to the degree of Get Out. Though. I mean, you don't have like an actual like comic relief character no, in this movie or no, anything. No, you certainly don't. But uh, there actually, the family. Has some funny lines. Yeah, that's really what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Moss gets off a couple of funny lines. It's tense and it's scary and it's fun, uh, but in a smart way. I Barry. think that's what I kind of said in my uh, in my written review was that they're scared stiff is fun, but scared smart can be even better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Jordan Peele lives. And yeah. we've seen that now two times. Yep. Uh, and he's I'm looking forward to more. I mean, yep. I looked at his upcoming projects. Not everything he's got in the pipeline is horror. Right. But man, I hope I'm so glad he's he's a fan. I know. You know? I know. And I'm and I'm so glad that we can probably count on the fact that he's going to come back to this. Not every time. Right. Uh because yeah, he's going to want to vary it up too. In fact, I think I'm pretty sure he's got a Another Key and Peele movie, which is, never, you know... <laughs> never sad news. If you didn't see Keanu, it's funny. It is funny. It really is, and those guys are funny. So he's got a lot of things working. We mentioned the, the Twilight Zone uh, reboot. And, of course, he's producing but, a Candyman reboot. Right. Can't wait. Is he only producing? He's producing. Okay. Uh, well, definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. more horror. So hopefully uh, he's so good at it that he'll 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 come back to it because this one is certainly another feather in the cap. I mean, Get Out was so great, but on a on a different level as a social commentary now, and as a horror movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and this one works as well, but more of a as we said, more of an ambiguous message that is leaves it leaves it up to you. Mm-hmm. And it's one that once everybody's seen it, one fun to talk about. Yeah. You know, what do you think? Yeah. And then see how quickly you may or may not guess that twist. So it's fun. We really recommend it. Uh, enjoy us. <laughs> Next up is the story of a free-spirited woman in her 50s seeking out love at L.A. dance clubs. It's Gloria Bell. Hi, Peter. I haven't heard from you in a while, so I thought I'd give you a call. Um, that's it. I love you. It's your mother. Love is in the air. You come here a lot? Yes. No, not a lot. I mean, sometimes. What's your name? Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get you out of my head. What happened to me with you? I thought it was never going to happen again. Who is this guy, Mom? I love you. You understand? Get away from the car. Gloria! This woman is awesome. 
handsome. Treat her right. Respect her. Well, when the world blows up, I hope I go down dancing. One of the things about this weekend's movies is that in every case, it's a really good film brought to you by a writer-director combination whose work you should see from beginning to end. That's right. You know, and and uh, Sebastian Lelio made Gloria Bell, and it's actually a, an American, an English language remake of a film, Gloria, that he made about six years ago. He's a Chilean filmmaker. It's only a second English language film. The last one was Disobedience, which was spectacular Loved last it. He year. He also did uh, a fantastic woman, which won the Oscar which won for the best Oscar. foreign language yeah. film. So you yeah, should really see everything he does. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things that really makes him sort of special, I think, is he's just preoccupied by telling stories that focus on one woman trying to just, like, struggling to just be who she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sometimes that's very, very clear. A fantastic woman, disobedience, clearly what that is. This is a little bit more slice of life, but that still, I think, is what it is he's following. And Julianne Moore is playing the lead. Fantastic. Yeah, she is... Always good. I mean, we say that about a lot of people because a lot of people all are always good. But she is really up there in the rare air. Yes, I is. mean, uh, and this one, she just drives the movie from the opening scene, and she's just glorious in every scene. And it's hard to imagine. I know the original performance in the original foreign film was also fantastic. But it really th- was. This movie is one of those you just cannot see anyone else in the part. She's so good. This divorced woman, like like we said, she's in her fifties. She goes out to the clubs, and she's she has an optimistic attitude. She does. You know, she tells everybody at work to you know chin up. We're going to get through this together, and everybody. And she's got a smile, and she sings all her seventies and eighties hits in the oh, car. Oh, she does, which is hilarious. Top of yeah. her lungs, and she's got this spirit about her, and she's it's clear that she would like to meet someone, and she is starting to have those thoughts about aging alone Mm -hmm. and worried about aging more alone. And so she starts this relationship with uh, John Turturro. Who's great. Who is great. It's a very uh, it's a very slippery performance. He does a wonderful job with it. Yeah, and it's a, it's kind of a slippery character mm-hmm. because at first you're like, oh, this is great. They found each other. He, you know, he admits to her that he thought after his divorce he'd never find somebody. Oh, isn't that sweet? But then there's some things about his character that you start to go, oh, And come that's on. really what the film is about, really, which I, I find refreshing. The film is not really about love. You know, it's really about sort of juggling uh, the pros and cons of independence Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a freedom, obviously, and there's also a loneliness to it. And that's what I really uh, I think that Julianne Moore embodies really tenderly, you know, in this film. There's nothing strident about it. She's she's very tender Mm -hmm. and she's interested in in not being alone, but at the same time. I don't think she's in any way portrayed as being desperate. No, there is one choice she makes that you might think, uh, but but no, not desperate at all. And what this movie does, uh, this imagining of the movie does that the original didn't, it brings in more of a character of her mother. Yeah. Uh, her mother comes in to the story, and that makes a nice, there's a, a nice ju- juxtaposition between parents and children yeah. here. And as they age, and who needs who, and when right. when do you need to let go, when do you need to, uh, to give them help because they need it, and when do you have to say, hey, you're an adult. Uh, you see that with a lot of different characters here, which, which I think adds an interesting layer to this one. And also I think it's an interesting... 
uh, angle because her mother, who uh, you gather is a widow and has been for quite some time, mm-hmm. is also taking care of things. She's, yeah. you know, she's she's doing fine on her own, and so, and she's even farther along facing mortality. So oh, yeah. what I what I what I said, and I said it when I saw the original Gloria, is that it's a different kind of coming of age film. It's like a coming of middle age film, but it's a, <laughs> it's the same idea. It's you get to a point in your life and you have to realize. I am changed now, mm-hmm. and this is who I am now. And am I going to embrace that or or not? And uh, and I I just don't think. First of all, it's a it's a unique perspective because very few films focus on the stories of a middle aged woman. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And um, you mentioned he has done it now. He's he's done the perspective of a a woman trying to find her place now mm-hmm. a few times and done it very well. Yes, but very you're right. Well. This uh, woman of quote, a certain age, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see that nope. very often. Nope. Um, so not only is it nice for the actresses that can do it to get these parts, yeah. but it's nice to see those stories, you know, yeah, it's a told, fresh story. Told, yeah. Told from that point of yep. view. I always wonder though, about the motivation for a foreign film director to remake it for American audiences, yeah. not in a bad way. I'm just no. curious what he thought he could bring or needed to bring to the story. We mentioned the one change about the mother character, but other than that, a lot is the same. Yeah, the story itself is very is very similar. The performance is very different. The original performance is much more fiery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the actress could burst into tears or outrageous, you know, uh, anger at any minute. And it was, it, I mean, it was a fierce and phenomenal performance. And I remember when I first saw that they were remaking this, thinking, oh, God, please don't, because I was so floored <laughs> by that performance. And then when I realized it was Julianne, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. all right, well, if it's Julianne Moore. That, and so, and her performance is much more, um, it's, well, it's different. It's, you know, she just sees the character differently. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's just as authentic a performance. She's just a little bit more dialed down about things. She's much more sort of nurturing and focused on other people as well. It's a, it's a very different take on it, but it's just as amazing. Yeah, and it does feel, like you said, very authentic and very worth seeing, Gloria Bell. And also out this week, not only in wide release, but also out on video, uh, out on home video, direct streaming, or in many ways you can watch it at home. Once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their proper compensation. Dragged across concrete. Love this title. You're losing perspective and compassion. There's a reason. I'm sitting behind this desk running things. And you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. We have the skills and the right to acquire proper compensation. Like we said, though, it's another movie where it's a writer-director and you should watch everything he's done. Yeah, this is the third feature for S. Craig Zoller as writer-director. He opened with Bone Tomahawk. Oh, Man, such a what great... a debut. Oh. And then he followed that up with uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. And both of the, well, and now with, with this film, Dragged Across Concrete, he has a playbook. And he that does. is a long build-up to a incredible finale of brutality and violence. That's right. And uh, this one is even longer than the first two. This one runs over two and a half hours. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. long fuse once he lights it. But he keeps you invested with great characters and 
Great dialogue, yes. unique dialogue, and a great commitment to character, especially for the, the small ones that yeah. just kind of orbit the core conflict. It's amazing how he can make, he and the actors, can make these little performances, sometimes just a scene, make them memorable. But it all centers around these two cops, uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, they're a little overzealous. They get filmed, of course, nowadays. Sure. They get filmed on a cell phone, and they get suspended by their boss, who's Don Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have to take uh, the suspension without pay. And right away, the more veteran of the cops, uh, Mel Gibson, he decides they're going to cook up a scheme. They don't deserve that. And he needs to compensate the lapse of funds with some, some money, and no matter how he gets it. So they've got something going on. But they're not the only ones looking for a score. There's another couple of guys. One of them, uh, Henry, is just out of prison, and he is looking for a way to get money for his family. And he gets hooked up by his old friend. Uh, the couple of them are drivers for a very lethal bank robber. So now you've got two groups that you know of, two groups of people who are destined for a showdown. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while to get there. It really <laughs> does. But, yeah, but there are these... Other characters from Jennifer Carpenter, who has been in some of his movies, mm-hmm. she, she was in Cell Block, um, plays this really this new mother with near crippling separation anxiety. Right. Then you've got Fred Malamud, who's right. a longtime character actor with a fantastic voice, and he plays this very elegant, elegantly loquacious bank manager. <laughs> and uh, Udo Kier. Oh yeah. The weird, like, Udo fascinatingly Kier weird. Is Udo always Kier. fascinating, and you just have all these characters that pop in. He's also in Cell Block Ninety Nine. Yeah, he is. With uh, with great dialogue. Some of it, I'll be honest, this time, some of the dialogue felt like a little too much, hey, Quentin Tarantino, look at this. Right. But but overall, it still is very engaging, and it leads to this big, fiery, violent shootout at the end with some just casual collateral damage, and it just follows his playbook uh, as Craig Zoller. But boy, he does it well. The performances are great. Uh, Mel Gibson... He leads it here. It's, this is really more of his show, and he, the uh, I found it interesting. The setting is this fictional urban decay town city of Bulwark. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Mel Gibson is kind of the, the bulwark of himself. He's defending what he feels he has a right to, right, and that is this money. You know, he should not have been suspended for for just doing his job. So he's the main. You know, he's got this savage tenacity about him that he's just going to get it done. And Vince Vaughn. Can show shows again how good he can be, right? Because when he's not just on default setting of wisecracking Vince Vaughn, yeah, you know, and I think this director now twice has shown that he can get him the right character and mm-hmm. get him out of that. Yeah, uh, and it's a it's a nice just just a it's a nice contrast between the two of them because Mel Gibson's character as. Mel Gibson is a good bit older than Vince Vaughn, yeah. so he comes at it with a different perspective. And there's some weirdly funny idiosyncratic banter between the two of them. Like I said, just enough to keep you invested throughout this long, long buildup. So as long as you know what you're in for, I mean, it's dark and it's brutal and it's battered souls with desperate measures and not a lot to feel happy about. (laughs) But uh, certainly if you've seen his other two movies, and if you haven't, please do, because they're great. Um, We'll see if this is all that Zoller does. Now we've had three of these, and this is the longest of the running time. We'll see if this is his you know, default setting, or if maybe he can do do something else. But I'll tell you what, he's three for three in my book. This one, you know, the, the glorious finale of Bone Tomahawk. I mean, oh, man. You know, and you can, by the way, you can find it on YouTube. I would recommend not, 
because if you haven't seen Bone Tomahawk, please go into it blind. Oh, yeah. If you can. Because uh, you, you think it's one movie, and then it becomes another, and you're just like, what? Mm-hmm. And then also Cell Block 99. Yeah. Uh, brawl. Just by the title, you know, well, there's going to be a brawl. <laughs> yes, there is. And it is glorious. But the lead up to it is amazing. It is. And it Vince is. Vaughn is great. So, so it's, this is the third of these three directors that we recommend you catch everything, everything that they, they do. do. And including the new one. And this one in particular, Dragged Across Concrete. That'll take us up to the lobby and a couple of good ones. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Mary Poppins Returns is out uh, on video this week, and we liked it. It wasn't a classic. It's not going to take the place of Mary Poppins, but I thought, you know what? It's a darn good job. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Emily Blunt was uh, the perfect choice to play Mary Poppins. And the the songs are catchy. It's a very sweet film. Yeah, I think we both liked it. I think maybe better than we expect, better than I expected to. Yeah, I think so. And Lin Manuel Miranda is is very good too, mm-hmm. and in a in a role that is very reminiscent of Dick Van Dyke's sure. part. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a lot in the movie that is an homage without being an outright copy. Yeah. of what you loved about Mary Poppins. But you're right; the songs are good. It's got a great, it's got a, a story, an updated story that feels right. Yes. You know, it feels like okay, that makes sense. Yep. You know, and then you do have Dick Van Dyke at the end. Uh, unfortunately, you don't have Julie Andrews. I guess she was offered something. Didn't take it. I kind of wish she would have been oh, nice, yeah. but that's up to her. But uh, yeah, we liked Mary Poppins Returns, and we loved the other title out on home video this week, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, this one, of course, uh, opened last week in streaming, but the, this week it comes out on DVD, which means you can buy it and keep it forever. Yeah. And who doesn't want that? Man, this is one that just, it was, for us, it was a Saturday morning screening, because so a lot of kids could come. Right. And, and we, we often, were like, uh, do we, we want... We often don't go to those. We often farm them out, because we don't like to get up on Saturday morning. That's right. But we did. And man, I'm so glad we did because oh, yeah. I said it wasn't maybe five or ten minutes in. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> and it is. It, it won, is. It won the Oscar, deservedly so, for best animated film last year. And it was kind of a down year for animated films, but this would have won anyway. Oh, yeah. This is just great. One of the best. It's in, it's in the near the, the, the top of the overall superhero movies. Absolutely. Uh, regardless. It's just fantastic. There's so much to love about it, so a big recommendation for Spider-Man and for Mary Poppins Returns as well. Next week, the big question is, is Hope going to actually <laughs> see Dumbo? Because at this point, I think the jury's out. I'm going to see it. I don't know about you. Well, it, you know, it's funny. It was at Mary Poppins Returns. That's when they launched the first trailers for <laughs> Dumbo, and they quickly pulled them and changed them about because the first trailer for Dumbo focused on Dumbo losing his mom and it wrecked me. I was still crying like 10 minutes <laughs> into the movie. So I don't know. I may not go. Yeah, like I, I, Tim Burton directs Dumbo. I'm thinking of nightmares. I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. Anybody that knows about Dumbo, it's, it's sad. Uh, so we'll see. That's the big one next week. Also, there's three smaller movies, uh, Hotel Mumbai, The Hummingbird Project, and Woman at War. So we see what those are about. In the meantime, if you want to talk us We are here for you. Easy to find us, as always, on Twitter. And that is at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And also you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We're Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main 
website is madwolf.com. You can find all our written reviews, our other fun horror movie podcast, which is Fright Club. And now you can find us on TV. That's right. At 9.30 Friday mornings, the two of us appear on Good Day Columbus, which is on the Fox channel here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's ABC6, Fox 28 with our buddies Sean Ireland and Phil Kelly. And we have a good time. Yes. Uh, they're fun. They are. And it's, they, they're interested in the movies, I think, and uh, we have fun doing it. So uh, we and Sean appreciate... Ireland got to interview Julianne Moore today. She did. That she we're really jealous. Did. Yeah, we are. That was great. And we appreciate you listening to the podcast. And when you do, please... Subscribe, rate, and review. Love that. You're getting that down. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. We love you forever. All right, get in touch if you can. Until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. <laughs>